Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Today, we have our first-of-a-kind drinking podcast where we are going to be reintroducing ourselves to our audience and just hanging out and enjoying a glass of cider together. Yeah, this has been an episode in the making. I feel like it's been some half-hearted jokes here and there (laughs) about having our first drinking podcast, but... Um, a couple reasons why I think it made sense today. Number one, we're celebrating a big escrow closing, your condo over on West, your condo flip. Now, we will be having that follow-up episode with a breakdown of all the numbers here in a couple weeks. Um, so we wanted to crack this bottle of cider open, celebrate that, and yeah, like you said, just kind of do a reintroduction of ourselves, the podcast, just kind of do a behind-the-scenes look for people who may have been listening for a long time and and not really been with us since all the way back in episode one, you know, two years ago. So. Yeah, and especially sometimes we're a little bit uh, overly professional, and I think a lot of people don't really know who we are all the time. So this is a good opportunity for us to kind of just talk, chat as if somebody were sitting with us in the office, and uh, hopefully it'll give you guys a little bit more courage if you have questions to reach out and understand that, we're not always uh, super on our toes about being professional, and sometimes we are able to relax. Uh, let's show what we're drinking here. Let's do it. We actually brought on Colin. We've talked about him a couple of times. Colin uh, is our leads manager. He also has a background in the craft cider industry, and he introduced us to uh, Liberty Cider Works. And uh, to celebrate, we're having some of their Manchurian crab apple, which uh, Cade and I don't really drink beer, so this is uh, a much better decision. And you know, it's sitting at twelve and a half percent. This is, you know, a pretty strong cider, more like almost a, uh, almost like a wine. So that's what we're drinking. Boom, I'm ready. So let's do a quick cheers. We'll cheers, go. Buddy. So to recap, um, I, I think the place where I kind of wanted to start was really just kind of going all the way back to even before episode one. I mean, we were two guys who um, had very little experience in real estate when we kind of hit this idea of wanting to start a podcast. And looking back at it, uh, and in all honesty, for anybody who was looking in, I would have been like, especially me, you know, still a freshman or uh, sophomore in college, I think at the time. And very minimal real estate experience, freshly licensed. I would have been like, what What the hell does this guy have to talk about? What does he have to share with anybody? I mean, I barely closed, you know, one, two, maybe three deals at that time. Um, but I think the growth we've seen, not only has the podcast grown, but I think both of us as individuals, both of us in our partnership with Early Bird Investments, I think seeing that progression of growth just within all aspects, has been really, really cool. Yeah. Um, when we started, neither of us were doing nearly what we're doing now. And that's, I mean, no, there's no surprise, right? So we always talk about like, in order to be successful, it's consistency over time. And I think one of the things that we did really well when we were younger was we just jumped in. And so when we started the podcast, um, I think that year I sold a little over $6 million. Last year I sold $14 million. And I was only working on it half the time. So, I mean, a very different world when we started. I kind of like the fact that that happened, too, because I think it forced us to 
do a lot of things we wouldn't have done. I mean, we interviewed people who are a lot better than us. We spent time thinking about what we need to learn, what we need to teach. We got better at what we were doing. And then, especially with the introduction of the book episodes, I think that's been really helpful. I mean, it forces us to stay sharp on reading new books and providing new content. And uh, I think, honestly, without the podcast, we would not be in the same position. No, I don't think so either. And you... You made you made a comment that that I had to laugh internally a little bit about, which was we've been instilled for so long to just jump in and do it right. Not not get the analysis process paralysis and, and stuff like that. I mean, if you look back, you know, our very first episode was with the Clayson group backdrop over it, yep. Iron Key. And then, you know, we've been in and out of signing rooms and and we were over at Placer Title for an episode. We've used iPhone cameras. We've had no cameras. We've had crappy audio and now we've at, we've got good audio. Right. So um, one of the biggest lessons, I think, looking back was you hit the nail on the head was just we we jumped in and did it right. And yeah. to see the progression from, you know episode one or even even seasons one and two when we were kind of honing in on topics for you know seasons one two and three to now when we've got our boys jake and ethan you know behind the cameras working our audio video editing um and i i think just the level of our podcast has really grown as we have with it and and i agree i think we would not be in the same place we are right now if not for the podcast even though we really technically, you know, we're never in the podcast to make money and, and haven't really made any money off of the podcast right. in, in terms of ad revenue or, or stuff like that. Cause it's just been never our goal right. to, to make money. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's probably a lot of people who would say that was really dumb of us to not try to set this up to be, you yeah. know, some kind of monetization. Um, for us, like man, like Liberty Cider Works didn't ever give us anything to shout them out. This is we're just in the business of shouting out good stuff. Um, so it's just been interesting, and I think you and I have made a lot more from the personal growth, especially like it's not always easy doing a podcast. Like you have to actually think through what are going to be good topics. You have to organize guests. You have to get the video guys. You have to pay a lot of stuff or for a lot of stuff to before you can even really get a good looking episode going and. Um, I think you and I have understood that if you give abundantly, things come back abundantly. And so we've done our best to give free information, teach people, coach people, and we've both been rewarded with better businesses and, and a better group of people around us. Absolutely. And I know way back when we started, when we were brainstorming, <clears throat> excuse me, about what we wanted, you know, the name of the podcast to be, I still remember it like it's one of the clear memories I have back at iron key you know later in the day sitting there brainstorming about podcast names and and really what you know the podcast would truly be about and i know we narrowed in and really pursuit of property was born with the sole purpose of helping young adults young entrepreneurs who are interested in buying selling or investing in real estate and looking back at all of the episodes we've done so far I think we've really stayed true to that purpose, which yeah. I, I, I think in and of itself is a really good accomplishment for us to look at and recognize because, 
you know, although we, we may have deviated an episode here or there, um, but still talking about really good topics, I think our overall purpose, we've stayed really true to that throughout all of our seasons, all of our episodes. So when somebody, a, a young entrepreneur who's looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate can go back and look at all of these episodes, seasons one, two, three, all of our standalone episodes, and get a really good gauge on how to do any one of those three things in real estate. Yeah. I mean, we're almost 75 episodes in. And I mean, there was some stat that like the top 1% of podcasts are, uh, what is it, 23 or 21 episodes? Jake, do you remember? Um, regardless, it was a little bit over 20 episodes. So we, I mean, we've really crushed that number. And we have, I think we've been picking up steam over the last year, especially. Um, we have really good guests coming on, people who are knowledgeable in their market, people who are knowledgeable in what their topics are. And, you know, one episode, we might have something that's more for inspiration. And like, we have a big one coming up with uh, EVC Homes, uh, which would be a big inspiration to teach people about it. And then we also have Breakdown, where we show exactly like, hey, here's how you'd structure your follow-up. And I think both do well. And I think, yeah, like you said, we haven't really deviated much from... Um, you know, what we've set out to do. Yeah. And something I'm, I'm really happy about that we've done the past year is, you know, after, you know, seasons one and two, or, or even from the very beginning, I, I would say we've never really been truly consistent with the podcast. And, and I mean that in the sense of, you know, we, having a structured, dedicated time each week, not only one to record content, but also two to post, publish, and and distribute content, mm-hmm. right? And you know we we've had our highs and lows throughout you know seasons one, two, three, then our standalone episodes of trying to reach that consistency, right. right? But I think within this past year, especially with the addition of you know having Jake and Ethan behind the camera, you know we're also accountable to them, right? right? So I think. We've been really, really good at being consistent over the past year or so. And I think now we've got a good uh, little buffer. So even if for whatever reason we can't record, one of us is on vacation or, you know, one of us is sick, we're still publishing content. Content is still going out. So from the listener's point of view, you know, there's no hiccups. They're still getting an episode every Thursday, 11 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's also jump into what we're doing personally. It sounds like since, I mean, the last three years, you've graduated college. You've done a lot of stuff. What are you up to nowadays? Yeah. Just to share. Yeah. Graduated college last May. So I've been fully out of school for a little over a year. And I know I've talked to a few people in this space who are also going to school or have recently graduated school. First one I can think of, I'll shout out my boy, uh, Dylan Miracle. Just talked with him the other week. He just graduated school, right? I think school was a very big burden. It was, mm-hmm. you know, and, and our mentors, Benny and Jason, they always, you know, made it made it a priority to tell me that school should be the number one priority, right? Get, just getting through school. You're close. Just go through and finish, right? So been out of school about a year. Been now hitting this full-time in real estate. Um, you know, there was a period of time for three or four months where dude income was non-existent. 
right? And I think, you know, it was one of the, uh, this business is notorious for the peaks and valleys, and it's always our goal to minimize those. But, you know, fresh out of school and now dedicating, you know, full time into the real estate space, I experienced a very big lull. And, you know, it forced me to go out there and get a part-time job in the restaurant industry for three, four, maybe five months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you've got a really great story of having to do a sim- you know, the same exact thing in the past as well. I think that was really good. Let me get my footing a little bit better while still not being stressed mm-hmm. about those lulls. Um, but other than that, man, you know, I, I've since been out of that job, still going full steam. Um, and I think the year as a whole has really ha- has gone really, really well, both yeah. getting out of our comfort zones with hiring and, you know, continuing to grow our business. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to. What about you, man? How's your year been? Well, I don't want to jump to me yet, dude. I want to follow okay. up on that. I yeah. think it's impressive because what happened was when you went, you were at a different stage than I was when I went to go work at Ru- or at Roots. So you went to go work in the restaurant industry, like you had commitments. So like you were still doing the podcast, you were still paying people, you were still running your job. I think it was really impressive. I mean, we did it at different times in our business, but I think like we need to normalize the fact that sometimes like when the valley hits, you need to come up with a solution. And the amount of people I think you could agree that like have hit us up about like, dude, like, you know, money's tight right now. Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm new in the business. You and I can both freely say like, look, this is what we did. We went to the restaurant industry because we had experience and this is how we did it you know and that's a good point i don't you know i i (laughs) to to get real a little bit for the podcast i i was very um you know at first just uh, honestly a little bit ashamed right you you feel a little bit of shame when you say um you know yeah i you know i'm also working in the restaurant industry had to pick up a second job right it's never something that you know, I, I was really happy to share or, or really wanted to yeah. share. It was kind of tooth and nail to kind of pull it out of me. Right. But I, I love how you said it. It honestly should be normalized. I think the restaurant industry in particular, you know, we, we structured it in a way where we were still able to keep our foot on the gas in our real estate business, continue building it, you know, from the eight to five. Right. For the right. full day. And then just structure our secondary job in the restaurant industry to where we were only working nights, right? So that way you're still able to bring money in. I think from a mindset perspective, when you are not worried about paying your bills, right? it makes focusing on that, your full-time in real estate, just a, a lot less stressful, right? right? When you know your bills are paid and you're focusing your time on building a business because that's what you're doing. You're, you're laying all of the groundwork, right? It, it's the same as, you know, building a house, you, you know, you're grazing the land, you're building the house from the ground up, but you've got to have that solid foundation. Um, so I think normalizing that would, it, it is helpful. And both of us now, um, me, especially since I, I'm more than happy to be transparent about that, share that. I think yeah. it is, what young entrepreneurs should be doing if they are in a tight spot about money or stressed or anxious um, with those lulls, because like, like I said, it's, it's a good time or, or a really good opportunity to 
relieve that stress. Make sure your bills are paid while you're building up your business to get you to the point where you no longer have to work that job. Yeah. And I think like the reason why I think you and I both felt embarrassed or stressed about that is that like there's some kind of tie where we felt as if being a busser or being a server is somehow lower than being a realtor. And I think it's an important mind shift or mindset shift. If you're working in that job, you're doing it because you're grinding. Like that's something that's admirable in society. We look as Americans at the American dream is you work hard and you build the life for yourself, right? And if you're a busser, dude, do the job as a busser the best that you can. And when you go to bed at night, be proud of what you just did. And then you wake up in the morning and you work hard, right? And like, uh, I just posted a reel. Uh, shout out to Jake. Thank you for shooting that. And like, he caught me off guard. I didn't realize that I was being recorded. And we recorded a video about like my whole story. And dude, it was 100% embarrassing. And I don't know why I would be embarrassed about it looking back. Looking back, like I'm proud that I made the decision to like either nut up or shut up, right? Like I made the decision. I'm going to move forward with my real estate business. And I think especially like with you going to school and being similar age, I had a lot of thoughts about, well, maybe this is my sign. I need to go back to school. I promise you going back to school would not have solved that problem. So, you know, it's, it's something where like, if you're listening to this podcast and your, your business hasn't blown up yet and you're thinking to yourself, well, damn, I need to maybe pick up a second job. Like call me and Cade. Well, we will tell you all day that that was a great decision and it shouldn't be anything to be embarrassed of. It's something that you should be proud of that you're making the decision to actually do it. Absolutely. I think, you know, it, you mentioned something that, you know, I've seen in a couple places too, real quick before we move on, which was, you know, if you're a busser or a waiter or a host or a hostess or you're flipping burgers, right? Whatever what, it whatever is. Whatever it is you're doing. If you yourself are doing that job to the very best of your ability, if you're going into work with the mindset that, hey, I'm going to be the best fucking waiter in this whole restaurant, my whole shift, and I'm going to come in tomorrow night and I'm going to do it again, right? If you come in with that mindset of you're going to be the best fucking waiter, host, hostess, busser that you can be, that's going to translate into all other aspects of your life, including building your real estate business. Yeah. So I think having that mindset not only contributes to your personal growth, but also your business growth. Yeah. So if you guys are out there stressed, worried, um, even thinking about going and doing that, that one, I think we, we've covered it. You know, there, there's nothing embarrass embarrassing. There's nothing to be ashamed about. You're going to go out there and do the best job that you that you can do. Yeah. And then that's going to translate into all other aspects. And let's just give some context. I mean, from the time that you started uh, working in restaurant to now, now you have more what in your first half of the year you doubled what you did last year so um in the first quarter of this year um at the end of q1 i did more than i did all of last year that um, speaks for which itself was, yeah which was a, a really cool feeling um and, and i contribute that to you know with part part of the the thing that i contribute to that is having that second job making sure i was not stressed and anxious about you know that my mindset and my time was not spent worrying about money. My time and my mindset was spent on building my business. So when all of the, the bullshit is taken care of and you're, you can focus your time and energy on the business, it, it will skyrocket your business, right? Not right. overnight, 
but it will definitely skyrocket where you're headed. Yeah, and it's not a fluke. It's just no. not a fluke. No. I think that happened to the same thing as me. The day I started at Ruth's, within that month, I closed my first deal in six months. I closed, by the end, I was closing three to four deals a month. Left Ruth's six or five months into my time there. And since then, I've had a couple months where I sold zero, but I've never had a year less than double the previous year. So, Dude, let's talk about that. I want, I want to talk about, because that is something that's been crazy for me to sit back and yeah. see since... You know, I joined the Clayson group, I think, shit, it was back in maybe 2018 or 2019 as an admin, you know, maybe a year. Or I a joined year. middle of 2018, so okay, you'd be so early 2019. 2019. So six months into, you know, your real estate journey, sitting back and watching. Like, Couldn't afford a coffee. <laughs> I had to drink soda. Sitting back and, and, and looking at, you just said every, there, there hasn't been a year since where your business has not doubled or very close to it. No, I've, I've more than doubled every single year. So what, what do you attribute that to? Like that, that's insane for me to think. And, and yeah. I've seen a little bit of similar growth on, on a smaller sure scale. But what, what do you attribute that to? Because that's 99% that's of it is just consistency. I mean, like you've seen it. I'm what? I'm only a year let's call it a year and a half or t what, two years ahead of you when it comes to the actual selling side of everything. I mean, I just, the amount of referral business that comes back when you do good business, like here's the key. If you want to actually do well, you have to be a good broker. So you have to be a good dealer. That means like you're not out here lying. You're not doing shady business. You're not in it for the buck. You're in it for the right reasons because what will happen is it will always come back. But um, each year it like the stress has gone more and like the, the problems I have to solve are more difficult but the amount of time I'm working is not as much. And yeah, it's, it's more than doubled every year, including this year when I was buying a house, I'm getting married, I'm doing all these other things. And like, again, a huge part of it is like do good business, uh, do it consistently and things like this where I've been educating myself. It's hard for me to not put my foot on the pedal. If I know that I have a lead on you, if I freaking pull off that, that gas for even a couple months, like I know this business is a slingshot effect. And like all of a sudden you're going to be the one crushing and you're going to be outperforming me. And then I'm going to have to catch back up. So it's always like a friendly competition, right? I know that I have a head start. So I'm like, I got to keep a certain amount of head of Cade <laughs> or else I'm losing this race, bro. And it doesn't mean that I'm trying to put anybody else down. It just no. means when I wake up in the morning, I have something to do. Right? Yeah. That's, that's a really good point because obviously we're business partners. We own rentals together, but I, I think that is, one of the most important things for success, you know, a, a big thing that I attribute to my growth is having somebody like you that is not only keeping me accountable, not only pushing me to do better, right? Because just like you're right there and know that you've got to keep your foot on the gas, I'm like, fuck, how do I put my foot on the gas <laughs> even more to fucking get up there? How do I catch up, <laughs> You bro. know what I mean? And yeah. That, that doesn't mean that you know, we're, we're, we're out to get each other or, you know, it's the opposite. Uh, it, it's the exact opposite. And, you know, with, with that, it just ties into a whole bunch of other stuff. You know, first thing that pops up, you know, the abundance mindset, right? I think that's a big reason why it, it's not, 
it's not out to get each other. We know there's business out there. There will always be business right. out there. There will always be enough business out there for the people who are willing to put in the work and have been putting in the work. Yeah. No, it's and it's been crazy. It's been a good time. And um, like you said, having somebody around, and that's part of the podcast too. Like we've had to see each other a lot because between the rentals, between sitting in the same office, running a podcast together, there's a lot that we work on together. And it's like, it's hard for me to not know what's going on in your business right now. And even when either of us have questions, it's like, hey, just quick feedback, you know, quick script on something like, hey, what are your thoughts on this? What form? And again, it's just it's helping each other and holding accountability for each other where I feel bad for some of the people who sit in the office who don't have that partner. Um, And I think that, you know, it's really hard to be the sole runner, you know, and keep a good pace. You know, when you have a partner with you, you push each other. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. I was sitting here thinking of what I wanted to say based on um, something you said. And then I forgot. Now I just remembered Um, a, a little while ago. You said that, you know, there's always problems going on in your business. Yeah. Right. Or, or there's always problems going on, going, going on in your life, right. Whether it be personally or business. Right. And you know, for us way back when, and maybe for some listeners, the problems were, you know, feeling like shit, where is my money going to come from to pay my bills? Right. And if only, if only I was at the spot that, Scott is at now. If only I'm at the spot that, you know, Joe in the office is at the spot now, you know, I I would feel so much better. Right. Right. You know, and and we've made that progression from being that, that guy at, you know, stressing about, you know, covering the bills to now the guy who is getting all the bills paid, but it's not that Joe or Scott or Cade now don't have any problems. It's that the problems just change. There's always going to be problems no matter where you are in your business journey in your life journey. And I think that's an important concept to get and to comprehend because now the problems are shit. Scott and Cade both have to write a $12,000 check to cover their mistake, not getting a home inspection on one of their (laughs) crappy houses out in South Bend. Right. Right. Now the problems are, crap, how how do I hire the right person to come in and help my business flourish and skyrocket even more, right? So it's not that there's no problems now because I think that's just an an unattainable and a fantasy to say that there's never going to be problems. It's just that the problems are continuously changing and shifting and they will continue to change and shift, right? But being able to apply everything we've been instilled, everything we learn, everything that we are continuing to learn, I think is, it is paramount. It is integral to facing those new problems each and every day. Yeah. And as you level up, you go from like, how am I going to get one escrow to how am I going to get 12? Yeah. Right. And so like right now, you know, I have enough that Scott two years ago would have been like, Oh my gosh, this is freaking awesome. And right now I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, it's like, I need to go find something to do. So, you know, it's just like you said, it's a continual growth. And um, I think what you said about, like, don't ever expect it to just be no problems. That just doesn't exist. And, you know, the problems get bigger and you get paid more to solve those problems. So, you know, I think as you grow and 
especially as we've grown between the time that we first did our podcast and now it's like the the problems we solve are much more difficult yeah and now and let me clarify we're still yeah. solving really easy problems <laughs> like you know we're solving like how do you fix this one house not like how yeah. do you fix you know a huge 150 unit complex or something yeah our our and it still amazes me shifting to you know back to the actual podcast for a little bit it still amazes me and for all of you out there who are consistent listeners for all of you who have even just chimed in for one episode even if this is the episode you've chimed into one i'm sorry no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) definitely not the most informative podcast but Thank all. I, I, I really thank all of you guys from at really the bottom of my heart because it, it, it really does, no matter how cheesy it, it sounds, to think that there are people out there listening to the value that, that we strive and try so hard to provide on the podcast. It, it really makes me feel good. Even if we log in and, and we see you know one episode was a dud and it was 15 listens. Right. Oh, well. Or, or, you know, 20 views on YouTube. It's like, dude, there are still 20 of you out there. I don't know. You know, I know who some of you are because you guys always hit us up and say, hey, great pod and stuff like that. But, you know, to all of you else out there, you know, I, I don't know who every single one of our listeners are. So just a very, very huge thank you to you guys, because, you know, that that makes it even in the tough spots of the podcast where, you know, you you mentioned it like, you know, a a lot goes in to making the podcast and to know that it is making a difference out there. I mean, we've had people come on, we had our boy, Jake, come on, close his first deal for 16 grand. And now he's crushing it. Right. Big listener of the podcast. Like to see all of Hugo, our first guy to come on, bro. Made 15 15 grand dude to know all of you guys are out there listening, watching. We really appreciate you guys. So yeah. big thank you. Wanted to make sure I got that in while <laughs> while it popped on my, in yeah. my head. I mean, anything else you want to talk about? We're almost done with our drinks. It seems like uh, at this point, if you've made it this far, you've probably listened to more than one episode. But uh, yeah, this is kind of a reintroduction to the Pursuit of Property podcast and kind of who we are and what we do. Yeah, I think the only last thing I would say is if you... And it's funny because if you are a real estate agent, if even if you're a real estate investor, right, asking asking for referrals is always, you know, a, a little taboo at first, right? But then, you know, both of us have had to learn like the right way to ask for referrals. It's not being pushy. It, it, it's not all of this, right? And I was listening to a podcast this morning. It was Ed Milet and Alex Hormozzi their podcast, not Alex. Yeah. Yeah. And saying, you know, they were naming the five ways, the only five ways that you go and get new business. And the only one that is non-linear, the only one that really, you know, these other four, say if you put $10 in ad spend, you know, you can predict, you know, how how much business is going to come from that. The, the one that is non-linear is, is referrals, right? And you mentioned it, your, your referral network is a, is, booming that that's a huge point of your business so the only thing that i would i would chime in when we wrap up is if all of you guys out there if you have listened um if you have watched even one episode um and and you have gained any sort of value from hearing dumb and dumber talk here on (laughs) on the podcast if you guys 
wouldn't mind like leave a like on the YouTube videos, leave comments, leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, right? We we really appreciate those. I know we've gone in and, and seen a handful. I know right now we're, we're all at five stars, so um, boom, which is dope. But we love seeing all those. Um, if you guys have gained any sort of value, we would really appreciate um, you know reviews, likes. You know, even if it's just shooting us a text, we always appreciate getting those. Sharing the podcast with people who you might think might get benefit benefit from it, excuse me, um, would really mean a lot to us. So, yeah, I think that that wraps it up for me. Well, this was a kind of a unique podcast for us. First drinking episode. So welcome. Done. All right. Well, all of you guys out there listening, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Pursuit of Property podcast. As always, we've got a great lineup of guest episodes coming on deck after this week. So please stay tuned and we'll see you next week.